0: Hello and welcome to the Oasis Church Podcast.
1: Over the coming months, we as a church are going to be looking at the Apostles' Creed together, an ancient summary of the Christian faith that has travelled through thousands of years and functioned as an anchor of truth in a constantly shifting world. The Creed presents truth claims that can be explored, that provoke questions, that come directly from Scripture and that are owned by a community.
0: Thanks for joining us. The Apostles' Creed I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. And he will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body and the life everlasting. Amen. Romans 10 verse 17. So, faith comes from hearing, that is, hearing the good news about Christ.
1: A trend in Western society over recent years, and it's the idea that holding convictions based on truth claims, which can themselves be, be explored and questioned, has become less important. <clears throat> less important than appealing to strong emotions that can control public opinion. And so when it comes to personal convictions about the big questions of life, who are we? Why are we here? What's life all about? Who is God? How should we live? The emphasis has been to locate your answers internally, driven by how you feel, rather than in relation to any external truth claim. You have your truth, I have mine. Highly individualistic, highly anxiety inducing. Because actually, the world is a pretty confusing place to navigate at the best of times, but especially when you are your own rudder. And and in the current environment, if you hold to any conviction about the big questions of life, the vaguer they are, the better. And the more pluralistic, the more acceptable. Now, as many of you know, I am the father of three wonderful daughters. And uh, quite a few summers back, Becca and I were sitting on our bench in the garden, just taking in a summer's day and watching one of our girls playing on her scooter. Um, The sun was shining. The birds were singing. Ice cream was flowing. She was all smiles. It was a good day. And so I called my little girl over and I said to her, sweetheart, do you know something? I love you. And Jesus really loves you. And she looked at me with a twinkle in her eye and she smiled and she said, I know. And then as she scooted off, she shouted back over her shoulder, And so does Allah. Which, on the one hand, I thought, okay, great that she has friends from different backgrounds, great that she's respectful from, for different religious views. And great that she's not stereotyping or misrepresenting them. But I realized that she could easily develop a vague understanding of God as an amalgamation of all the different thoughts on offer and miss the uniqueness of the God who is shown to us in the person of Jesus. So one of the things that we did shortly after this was to buy this little book, The Apostles' Creed for All God's Children, And we worked through it together on our Saturday family breakfast when we often open the Bible together. And it's a fantastic, accessible, profound, yet uncomplicated little book for all ages. And to be honest, Becca and I got as much out of it as the kids. And certainly it helped to ground the kids in the uniqueness of the claims about God in the person of Jesus. And we've seen their faith flourish since. And um, I'd also previously read the adult version, but really liked the kids' version too. And as we always say in Oasis, if it's good enough to recommend... It's good enough to give away. So, um, if you do have little ones in OKC, you would have been given a little um, a little number. On, 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 a, on a band over your neck and if, you're, if you've got the number four then we'd like to give you this book. So who's got the number four this morning? Okay Claire, the book goes to you. But perhaps you've not got little ones here but you'd still like to find out a little bit more about the Apostles Creed. This is a fantastic book and Beck would like to give that away to you too and it's just going to be a case of first hand up gets the book. So there goes Sarah Smith at the back. Well done. But don't worry, these these two will be in our little library just around the corner. So if you'd like to take one, you can read it, but then bring it back afterwards. Um, Over the coming months, we as a church are going to be looking at the Apostles' Creed together. Now, when we spoke about this upcoming series in our small group on Thursday, the first task was to distinguish Apostles' Creed from Assassin's Creed. Okay, two very different things. I don't know very much about the latter. Apparently, it's a film and a video game, but the Apostles' Creed, that's something different altogether. That is an ancient summary of the Christian faith that has travelled through thousands of years and functioned as an anchor of truth in a constantly shifting world. It does not say everything there is to know, but it does articulate the core message about Christ. And really, Christians of every stripe and tradition unite around these truths or else they depart from orthodox Christianity altogether. The creed presents truth claims that can be explored, that provoke questions, that come directly from scripture and that are owned by a community rather than just an individual trying to figure it all out by themselves. And this morning, I want to just briefly think with you about the first two words of the Creed. Over the coming months, we're going to look at all of the different lines. And even if some of them are a bit confusing right now, hopefully it will become clearer. But we're just going to look at the words, I believe. But before we do that, just a little bit more background. Yeah, where, where did the Apostles' Creed even come from and what's it for? Well, the word creed comes from the Latin credo, which means, I believe. And so the Apostles' Creed is really a summary of Christian belief based on what the Bible teaches about the God revealed in Jesus. And it's called the Apostles' Creed because it summarises the teaching of the apostles, which is what we have in the New Testament. It's not that the apostles themselves wrote the creed. And actually, it was not constructed by a council Now, maybe you imagine that it was a gathering of uh, important-looking people who sat down to decide what should be considered the fundamentals of the Christian faith. We might imagine a scene that looks something like the one that's going to appear on your screens, Gandalf and Gimli coming together, thrashing it out. But actually, that's not how the Apostles' Creed came into being at all. Uh, There have been several important councils in the history of Christianity, to defend the integrity of the faith. But that's not how the Apostles' Creed came into being. Dr. Ben Myers, who's an academic theologian, explains that it was much more organic than that. It was, he says, a grassroots confession of faith. There's evidence that it merged from within the church itself and very early on. In fact, as early as the second century, within 100 years or so of the New Testament writings, one of the early church pastors named Irenaeus refers to a basic form of the Apostles' Creed, which at that point was called the rule of faith. And it was used in the churches as a memorable overview of the core teaching of Christianity. Memorable enough that even those who could not read or write could retain it. But deep enough that it could form a kind of syllabus to... Take Jesus' followers on an exploration of the scriptures to find out about the God revealed in the person of Jesus. In fact, there's evidence that it was used in ancient times as a guide to prepare new converts for baptism, providing a roadmap for them to explore scripture, hear about the God of the Bible, and find themselves caught up in his story. Maybe some of you have never been baptized. Maybe this series will act as a preparation for you too helping you to see who Jesus is and what he's done and what it means to be joined to him, which of course is what baptism is all about. And if any of you want to be baptized at any point during this series and the Bible is clear that all Jesus followers need to be, well then we would love to support you to help make that happen. So the Apostles' Creed was an early summary of Christian teaching, memorable yet rich, developed within the church to form believers in the foundations of the faith. It did not replace the Bible. It does not contradict the Bible. It simply distills some of the big themes found in the Bible, providing a launch pad for discovery. And it all starts with those two words, I believe. So what do we mean when we say those words, I believe? Because actually, we we sometimes mean different things when we use those words, don't we? I mean, I could say to you, I believe this is the year that Arsenal win the trophy that they richly deserve. And that, of course, is just an opinion, and you might say a pretty fanciful one, particularly after yesterday's results. Time will tell. But it's certainly different to what I mean when I say, I I believe I sent you that email last week, which is a kind of way of saying it's possible something happened. I'm not entirely sure it did, but I kind of hope it did. But J.I. Packer points out that in the New Testament Greek, the word commonly translated as faith or believe is the word pistos which conveys a posture of trustful commitment, trustful commitment. That's what faith is in the Bible. It's much closer to the sort of belief that I place in my wife, Becca, day on day, trusting her to be who she is and to take me as I am and committing to do the same, The trust that we're going to keep the promises that we've spoken to one another, So when I say, I believe, followed by the lines of the creed, we are conveying trust in and commitment to the God revealed in Jesus. We are saying, this is the God that I centre my life on, trust and commitment. And those, of course, are the foundations for any healthy relationship. And that is precisely what Jesus invites us into. Being a Christian being a Jesus follower, is not about agreeing to a series of intellectual propositions. Neither is it about just choosing a particular way of life or a particular social club. Actually, it's about entering into a relationship with the living God, a relationship of trust and commitment, but not with some vague higher power, but with the specific God revealed in Christ, one God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Creator, Saviour, Helper. And so in that sense, faith, much like any relationship, is a constant journey of understanding and discovery. I can tell you, I love being in relationship with my 12-year-old daughter, Chloe Grace. Most of you know, she's wonderful. Um, But sometimes I just don't understand her. I mean, a 12-year-old girl thinks very differently to a 39-year-old man, it turns out. Sometimes I just, I just don't get it. And I know that she feels the same too. Yeah? But I know who she is. She's my daughter. I'm her dad. There's trust. There's commitment. And a whole lifetime of growing understanding that's going to flow from that. We will keep seeking to know one another within the fundamentals of that anchor that's shaping the journey. And relationship with God is a journey like that, and faith needs an anchor. So the I believe statement of the Apostles' Creed is followed by a series of truth claims that define what it means to be in relationship with God. They're an anchor, keeping us steady in an oftentimes confusing world, as we grow in relationship with this God who we cannot see with our eyes, but who has made himself known through his son, Jesus Christ, who the scriptures attest to. And so this anchor, the anchor of our faith, is not located internally. Faith is not a feeling. It certainly does affect our emotions. And that's wonderful. But faith cannot be reduced to a feeling. Our feelings come and our feelings go under the influence of so many different variables. And while society may want you to ground truth inwardly in your feelings, Christianity does not do that. Rather, truth is received from outside of us as a gift in the message about Christ, which produces faith within us, trust and commitment as we hear about him. Faith comes from hearing, hearing the message about Christ. And being a people of faith does not mean that we all think the same way about everything. Far from it. I know that in this room, there is represented a whole raft of different opinions and perspectives about all sorts of different things, from politics to entertainment to ethics to theology to economics the whole scope of diverse thinking. And that's actually a strength. That's a wonderful thing. Because being a a Jesus follower doesn't mean we all dress the same and speak the same and think the same. One of the characteristics of the church is unity in diversity. But for us to enjoy a relationship with God, we must know who he is and be anchored to the fundamental truths he has revealed about himself in scripture. Truths that draw out our trust and our commitment, yours and mine, so that we stay united on the fundamentals and the core of who he is. And the Apostles' Creed articulates those fundamentals. So earlier on we heard a verse read out from Romans, Romans 10 verse 17. And in that middle section of Paul's letter to the Romans, he's wrestling with how on earth God has brought together Jews and Gentiles into one community people from such different backgrounds and cultures and perspectives. And he celebrates that in Christ, Jews and Gentiles become one, joined together through a shared faith in Jesus. And Paul says faith comes from hearing, hearing the message about Christ. Faith comes not from feeling, not even from thinking, and not from squeezing up with all your might some internal molecules of faith, that's not, what, that's not how faith comes. Faith comes from hearing truths from outside of ourselves which draw out from us a sight of who God is that leads to trust and commitment and unity in him. And so over these coming weeks, we are going to again hear the fundamental message of Christ and plumb the depths of this good news of who he is because our faith depends upon hearing the word about him Again and again, not just once. Again and again, nourished by the good news of who he is. It's why we must not give up meeting together. Because you see, when I say I believe in the Apostles' Creed, two things are happening. From one angle, it's a very personal confession of faith. I'm saying I, Mike Blaber, believe. I trust this God I commit myself to him, but at an even more profound level, the statement I believe is way bigger than an individual confession, because you see, my voice is being joined to other voices, and not just the voices gathered here in South Street in this room and online, because throughout time and space and across traditions, Christians have said, I believe and owned the truths of these creedal statements, as we said earlier, right from the early days of the church. And so the eye of Mike Blaber is joined to the eye of the universal church so that truly it is the church of Christ across time and space that says, I believe on every occasion that the creed is recited. It's not individualistic. It's deeply communal and anchoring Our voice is joined to the chorus of voices throughout time that say, this is the God who I trust in. This is the God I commit to. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he's called us into relationship with him. It's powerful. It's beautiful. Because you see, we need each other. Belief is not something that we do on our own. You see, faith from another angle can also be seen as taking in like a a soaring melody or looking out upon a vast view. So vast and infinite and inexhaustible is the glory and the majesty and the mystery of the living God. To illustrate that, what we're going to do now is just take a minute to listen to some music together. If you're with us online, then the link to the music is going to come into the chat. And there's also going to be an image that's put on the screen. And I just want us to take in the sounds and the sights together for just a short while. So why don't we play that music now? So vibrant, full of life. And the wonderful thing about listening to powerful music or looking on a great scene with others is that though we all heard the same melody and saw the same sight, we would have each been drawn to different parts because there's so much going on. Different notes, different tones, different perspectives, same melody, same picture. Your view may be sharper than mine on certain things. Your angle slightly different. Your ear more attuned in certain directions. I need you to say to me, Mike, look over there. Have you seen that? Oh Mike, listen again. Hear this sound. We enter into this vast discovery together and so it is with faith. We believe together. We search the glory and the grace of God together. We cannot do otherwise. And so the I believe is most truly a we believe. And the Apostles' Creed provides a lens, an earpiece to direct our believing. It's like a sweeping perspective from which to launch into further discovery in our small groups as we gather week on week, as we hear together the message about Christ, which does its work by producing faith within us, ongoing trust and commitment through every turn and twist of life. And as we finish, this is good news for those of us who doubt In Jude chapter one, verse 22, it says, be merciful to those who doubt. For so many of us, faith does not come easy. It kind of ebbs and flows. It feels like it's, it, it comes and goes. Sometimes our eyes just seem too blurry to see the vista ahead of us. Our ears not quite picking up the tune. I've known seasons like that myself. Even at such times when my faith has been kept alive by the community of believers who will sometimes say, I believe on my behalf, when I can barely utter a word for myself. A community that will carry me to the God revealed in Jesus in the rhythms of the life of the church when we gather and we sing songs of truth and hear the preaching of Scripture and share in communion together and have the loving, prayerful presence of others through the ups and downs of life, in those ways, the good news, the message about Christ is heard again and again, and we believe together. We carry one another, and in so doing the church begins to image the God whom we worship. The God who himself steps down on our behalf to do what we cannot do for ourselves. The father who gave his son that we may share in the life of the spirit. Grace ministered through the community of faith as we hear the message about Christ. For I am convinced that nothing will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. Can we stand together if you're able to? And Dave and the band are just going to come back. And as they do, we're going to just take this moment to recite the Apostles' Creed together. We'll do this regularly over the coming months. And if you're feeling like my faith is just threadbare at the moment, hardly even there, then listen to the voices of those around you who on your behalf will say, I believe. And even as we proclaim this message about Christ, let's allow the Spirit to do his word in, in producing faith within us. Let's recite it together after three. One, two, three. I believe in God, the Father Almighty maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day, he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father, and will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the wonder of the message about your Son, Jesus Christ, through whom we have come to know you as Father, thank you for the gift of your Holy Spirit who works amongst us, that we may be a people of faith, a people joined together by the person of Jesus Christ. And thank you that, Holy Spirit, you come that we may know the the presence of God, the reality of God amongst us. And so we pray once again as we go on this journey over the coming months towards Easter and beyond, that we might be a people formed in the faith, the the faith that has existed for thousands and thousands of years, which is always your plan and your purpose. First in the people of Israel, and then in the people called Christians because of Christ having come amongst us, the promised one. Lord, we worship you, belong to you, lift up your name.